The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. This is Inside Sports. Tashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the News. Inside the Updates. Just gone uh, 8 o'clock or just 5 past 8. Asalaamu Alaikum and a welcome to Inside Sport exclusive to the Voice of the Cape where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars as well. I'm your host Firo Sheikh and my guest tonight is the former Cape Town Spurs and Maritzburg United goalkeeper and a legend of course, Mr. Farouk Abrams. But before we chat to my guest, let's just catch up with the latest news and a big uh, thank you as well to my tech tonight and Nasser Mayberg who's pushing all the buttons there so the show can go off uh, with Without a hit. So Arsenal, they beat Chelsea 2-1 to win the 14th FA Cup yesterday. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored both those goals for the Gunners. England beat Ireland by four wickets in the second ODI in Southampton to win that series with a game to spare, chasing 213 to win. They made 216 for six from 32.3 overs. The third and final match takes place on a Tuesday. And Lewis Hamilton won the British Grand Prix earlier today. His seventh win at the British Grand Prix. Max Verstappen was second and a Chancellor Claire in his Ferrari came third there. Uh, so it's a pleasure now to introduce my guest tonight. We say Asalaamu Alaikum and welcome to the former Cape Town Spurs and Marinsburg United goalkeeper Farouk Abrams. Welcome and thanks for accepting my invitation this evening. Wa Alaikum Salaam. Always a pleasure to be in the VSC studios. Now, uh, before we join the, uh, the conversation or continue, I'm asking you out there to, you're more than welcome to join us uh, in the conversation. You can call 21 or you can WhatsApp 0722380712 for any comments or questions to uh, Farouk. Now, your CV, I must say, is is very impressive. So I'm not sure if we're going to cover all of that. First, though, uh, we'll try our best. Okay. <laughs> First, though, uh, tell us where did it all start for you, and uh, were you always a goalkeeper? Um, not really. I think most top goalkeepers uh, were glorified strikers or midfielders <laughs> before. Um, but I mean, if I have to go all the way back, it's got to be, you know, from the days in Constantia. Uh, believe it or not, we lived in those beautiful areas before. <laughs> um, born in, in Weinberg, chased out of Weinberg into Claremont, chased to Constantia. And, you know, the, the removal truck was like ready to mm-hmm. load all the time. And, and in Constantia was my first um, opportunity with soccer. There were no junior football in those days, at least structured. And there were two teams, Drifters and Glendovers. A lot of the old Buttas and Titis will remember Glendovers and Drifters were the teams in Constantia. And I remember vividly sitting under a tree watching grassless pitches, you know, just yes. mostly sand, watching the, 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 the older generation play because there was no football for us, really. And then after Constantia to Deep River, um, I was like seven, eight years old at the time. And uh, there was one team that my late uh, dad played for, um, uh, they called him with the Epi, and they had a team called the All Blacks because of the racist tensions in communities in those days. They they chose mm. to to have the All Blacks rugby team as their soccer soccer name, you know, okay. the All Blacks, and and we were following this their soccer games on a Sunday, and eventually somebody, uh, the late Ismail Low, a lot of people will know him as as the doyen of of development back in the day. He started the team called the Rockets, 
in, in mijn werken. En hij was die proper United. Zetten uh, moet daar gaan niet starten. That, and that's where the rivalry started kicking up. And we started playing a little bit of football, you know, uh, just friendlies mostly. And then at the AME primary school that we attended in Deep River, I was one of the so-called midfielders. And our keeper dived against the upright. And uh, me being, the, I was a little bit chubby at the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and obviously the, the biggest boy always get to get to be the goalkeeper. And so I went into goals. Uh, and uh, the rest, as I say, is history. The rest I, is I indeed I history. played very well. And... It was a, a penalty in, in the game, and then I saved it. And then the, the teacher said, no, take it over. Somebody must go. And I kept <laughs> saving. So um, that became my speciality, saving penalties. Uh, but that's where my goalkeeping career started kicking off. Oh, fantastic. Now, you signed for Cape Town Spurs in 1976. How did that big break come along? Um, well, after after Debra, obviously, we got chased again and then was into Mannenberg which in, in those days was just dusty you know sandy there were hardly any tired rows at the time and and as kids I mean I was uh, 11 years old at the time thinking where to now you know but mm. I, you know my late mom and dad I mean they never never shared their, their emotional distress with us which which is what I admired the most because we 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 didn't even know this was all about apartheid and all that mm. you know it was mm. about Ah, oh, we're moving to a new area, you know, fun and games and then meeting new friends and it. But uh, can you imagine what they must have gone through, you know, as as adults with with the stress? But they always they, they hid it from us very well. And then obviously into Mannenberg, and then it was about making new friends and uh, the Rockets team with Ismail Lowe and them and and Abdurrahman uh, Saido, I think is listening. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> they were they were my mentors at the time, you know. And Rockets was was the most popular team in Manenberg at the time. And out of Rockets, a lot of other teams mushroomed, you know. Um, and then we, as as youngsters, we were 14, 15, 16 years old. We decided to form our own team called Young Lilies. And Young Lilies then took over the popularity where where Rockets left off and. And we became a, a very strong team. I broke the rules then. You were not supposed to play in the Saturday Safa Leagues and also Sunday League. Sundays was the Rebel Leagues. So I played for Drifters in the South Peninsula League in Grassy Park on a Saturday. As I was 16 playing in the first team. And then Sundays I was the captain, coach, organizer of Young Lilies, you know. So broke the rules then. But um, from the Lilies, uh, I played board football for Cape, uh, Cape Flats, the uh, NFL based Cape Flats, and then there I got spotted. And my late brother-in-law, Dickie Martin, and uh, Lenny Clank is also late, um, and Ken Adams also late. They they sort of um, got hold of Pazzy Jensen, who was the, the coach of Cape Transfers, mm. and said to them, to him, go have a look at Farouk, you know, this youngster. And it had to be that I played out of my skin against yeah. the Lions uh, in Claremont uh, we won uh, a 2 or 3 nil, and I had an outstanding game so Pazzi comes to me after the game he asked me uh, what's the number five's name so I'm checking huh? <laughs> <laughs> so not me okay <laughs> it was disappointed they gave him the name and then walked off you know and then as I got to the change room Pazzi tapped me on the shoulder and he said um, do you want to play for Cape Town Spurs I'm thinking, wow, I'm jumping over the fence at Aslan Stadium for yeah. games. Why not? Yeah, I thought he was joking. He said, no, be at uh, Aslan Stadium um, at uh, 5 o'clock the Monday and then come train. So I'm thinking Aslan Stadium. Mm. Got there. I was so excited. And, uh, you know, I was just about told everybody in Vandenberg about this. <laughs> and got to, got to Aslan. 
No, they're training behind the Admiral Stadium, you know, with streetlights, you know. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm comfortable with this because I was nervous, you know, the big big scene. Uh, I was, like, visualizing dressing room and, you know, lights and everything. No, such thing. Uh-huh. Chains outside, the, you know, on the, on, the, on the pavement and all that. And so so that's how we come, get, became a Spurs player. Overnight, um, within a week or two, um, Neville Chadwick also late. He, uh, he broke his, his arm. So Pazzi needed a backup. John Laguma. So he was, was the existing keeper, Neville yeah, Chadwick. With John Laguma, yeah. And it, it so happened that Pazzi secretly told me, you know, John's eyesight is not so good in under floodlights. I'm going to put you in straight away, you know. So got my chance against Marisburg. <laughs> City of all, all. Marisburg United was called back then. And then they almost spoiled my debut because. Moses Ali at at uh, of Marisburg had the reputation of coming with six players, and he picked up a few guys from the townships in, <laughs> in Google. Was it legal at the time? <laughs> no, but everybody <laughs> was joking about it. So he travelled with another team, and then he picked up a few guys, and uh, they come and they play. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know how true it was, but that was always the rumor, you know. <laughs> and they they arrived like um, quarter to nine, and some of the people that were left in the game were supposed to kick up at eight, you know. So I was I was disappointed, but um, it happened. We played a good game. And then um, next game was away to Port Elizabeth United. And that's where, where I won the hearts of my teammates because these were my heroes that I mm. suddenly was playing with now. You know, Danny Abrams and Bernie Van Nikink, you know, Bruce Solomons, George Van Nikink, Clive Darries, so many to mention. But but I was I was a, a fan of these guys and suddenly I'm, I have to play with them. And, but, uh, you know, when I made a save in, in the first 10 minutes against P United with Miley Ajam was also a top player. Passing the ball to namesake Muhammad Abrams, and he hit it from about just inside the penalty area. How I got to that ball low down, Allah knows best. <laughs> but when I saved that, the later Rashid Khan came to me. He was also in our team. He said to me, "Knows they were goalie." <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I, I took so much, you know, confidence from this, just simple words like that, you know. And, and again, like I say, you know, the rest is history. Now, the period 1976 to 1981, so you moved from Spurs one season for Cape Town City and then back to Spurs. Is there any specific reason why you just stayed uh, one year at uh, Cape Town City before going back to Spurs? Yeah, um, obviously won quite a few things at, in that time. You know, with, uh, in my very first season, 76, we won the league we, and I uh, got most improved player and all of that. Um, and then um, uh, Peter Martin, you know, late Peter Martin took over from Pazzi Jensen. And that was a time when there was a str- uh, transition of political shift, you know, with sports and, and talk about us getting back into international frame and all of that. And then there was this huge story that everything will be sorted. Um, we can now play across the, the white divide and all of that. So Peter Martin made an offer, I think, for to buy Cape Town Spurs. And and um, he, he was an impression it was all about board and things were going to happen. So we took uh, uh, myself, Colin Solomons, Dot Bowman, Bernie Van Nikik, A.B. Weimers, Clive Darris, um, Danny Abrams. We we went with him. He said, we're going to go to Cape Town City. And this is a deal, you know, I'm probably going to take over here and there. And then all is, all, everything is kosher, you know. So we saw because there was this whole thing about being a defector mm-hmm. and all of that, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, I was in the Sarko's national team, so being a defector wasn't my choice, you know, at that time, you know, because you were, you were, you know, assigned to the Sarko's principles and that. So we went, 
And it was like in the papers and everything, no, no, no real big deal. And then suddenly the, everything turned sour. You know, the unity that was supposed to happen didn't quite happen. And then, but we were already in that system, <laughs> you know. And then, but uh, I found that Patrick Wasmus, you know, the white goalkeeper, was a, he was the so-called first choice. But I was, I knew I was better than him at the time. Mm-hmm. I was fitter than him. I was, I was just more enthusiastic than him. But uh, the late Frank Lord decided, no, he's going to be my keeper. So I, I stuck it out, you know, sat on the bench and all that. But but every time in training, I proved to be better. The next game, he plays. And so I just decided, no, it's not worth it, you know. Mm. Me, I want to play, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And we, we, myself, Colin, and Dot, uh, and Donny King, sorry, went went to this office, Frank Lord, and and he swore, you know, because we wanted to know what's happening in his swore. And he said, you know, like. Don't you know you're making money now? You got nothing because we're supposed to be played for free, you know. Making a few bob like this, <laughs> you can, and you still want to play. Also, I said, Of course, we want to play. Leave your bob, let's play. You yeah. know what I mean? So, I told her to, in the mouth of my language, to F off, you know. Uh. So, we did exactly that. The capital F, we said, <laughs> That's <laughs> it, we're gonna go. So, obviously, there was a process to go back to. To, to Cape Town Spurs, you know, but the late Petty Dolly said to me, don't worry, we'll sort all of this out, you know, mm. and met with the officials and they said, okay, these guys can come back. Yeah. Now, uh, 1982, you made the move to KZN. Now, I remember that we were kids, we used to watch, like you said, jump over the fence and I mm-hmm. thought we used to do that for Curry's Fountain. Now, you joined Maritzburg United as a player coach, but it wasn't just yourself. It was, it was like a great trick. There was quite a few mm-hmm. of you, I can remember, Keith America, Calvin Peterson, Sally Adams. There's quite a few other players that made the move up to uh, KZN. Why was there this huge exodus to uh, Spurs when there was Santos coming into the federation at the time as well? Yeah, the, again, it was a thing about Spurs being sold. You know, okay. and it was sold to to people, uh, late Ronnie Martin and late uh, Edmund Apollos. They decided then they will move over to the NPSL. So I thought to myself, okay, let me not get involved in this controversy again. Mm. You know, and it's just when when Eunice Bayat was the chairman of Madisburg United, then he phoned me and my late wife Nazima, and uh, um, he said, "Do you want to be the coach of Madisburg United?" Now I've, I've coached before, you mm. know, but but never been the the, the head coach. I mean. Um, of a pro team, I've only just helped out at Spurs and other teams. But then, you know, we were just settled, you know, like two years into our marriage, you know, um, we had a daughter, Rishka, and, and everything was looking good and mm. thinking, should we, shouldn't we, you know. So we discussed it, and she was just as venturous. She said, okay, let's do this, you know, sell the house and everything, furniture gets transported, and, um, you know, Spayat convinced us, you know, for a thousand rand a month that it's worth. <laughs> so you sold the house and everything. Everything. Okay, so. It was such a leap of faith, you know. Uh, and I just trusted, you know, I trusted in, in my ability yeah. first to be a good coach and in, in her ability to find a job there, which, which in the end didn't, she didn't have to do because a thousand rand a month was quite a lot of mm. money back then, you know. And I was, uh, I think I was the first uh, full-time um player coach at the time you know um, and mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, Abrams we're just going to pause that for now okay. we're just going to take a quick air break and we'll continue when we come no back this is Inside Sports 
Welcome back. Uh, this is Inside Sport. Uh, if you just joined us, we chat into the former Cape Town Spurs and uh, Maritzburg United goalkeeper Farouk Abrams. Um, before the break, we were chat- chatting about their move to uh, Maritzburg United with a whole lot of Cape Town Spurs players, uh, Mr. Abrams. And then you were saying that you were earning a thousand rand a month. A thousand rand a month, which, which I felt very rich, alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> Paid out in a brown envelope. <laughs> cash, eh? Yes, cash. Um, that's why I say, you know, my late wife didn't have to go to work then because mm. it was good. Money. Plus, it was also rent-free um, in the beginning. Afterwards, I had to pay. And, uh, and it, well, we got sort of carted around in the old combi at the time. Um, so, but then Yunus Bayan said to me, look, uh, what do you know about Marysburg United? I said, look, all I know is I always finish last or second last. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll probably need one or two players from Cape Town. So he said he's, he's going to speak to Calvin Peterson, Keith America. And uh, then I mentioned Sally Adams and then Clive Carollison. And he said, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best we'll get all of you down there so we all travelled in one go you know and got there sorted out with accommodation and stuff like that my, my um, wife and, and, and daughter didn't travel with at the time so settled down first uh, for three weeks got the team training and then I just felt enthusiastic that this can work for me you know I felt very confident I went into there I said look Somebody's got to win this league, you know, or, and the trophies. Why can't it be you guys? You know what I mean? You've got an opportunity to become the heroes in this sleepy hollow town, as it was called. And I mean, in that first season, uh, Marisburg became vibrant, you know. Yeah. We we reached the first cup final, we won. Um, we were always top of the lock, you know, with, with uh, Glendin pushing us mm. and, and Santos thereabouts, you know. And then we got to reach a second cup final against Chelsea. We... We got a player sent off. Um, I don't want to go into to mm. the VAR details. <laughs> VAR would have proved that it wasn't a send off yeah. and a penalty against us. So we lost that one, all that, right? So, so we won one trophy, lost the second one, second on the log. We finished. It was good. Um, so okay, came back with a, on a holiday. Um, I got a, a brand new XL3 as a as a gift for the good work that I did, which was fantastic. You know, in those days, the XL3 Fords was top. Um, and my thousand rand pounders in my brown envelope, so <laughs> got back home, and then obviously it was time to go back, and then I spoke to Yunus, and he said, look, um, Keith America wants to go to Berea. I said, okay, let him go, I'll find a replacement, and so-and-so also wants to go, so I said, okay, now I'll go, so I took Harry De La Cruz, Kevin Valentine, William Anderson, all bond people, because I, I, I took players that already played with each other, so yes. the gelling would be easy. So, so all of these guys went back with me. So and they were happy to go. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was, it was, nobody was earning money in yeah. Federation football at that time. So when Marisburg came along, and then um, Abdul Kader was saying took over, because Mr. Bayad, you know, I think he had a little bit, the excitement got too much. You know? <laughs> so he, he sold out uh, to, to this guy. Uh, Word Salama takeaways, and you must remember that name. Yes. And then he said, uh, look, what do you need? Can you make, uh, and he, he enjoyed being called the Lani, you know, as uh, Lani, Lani, Lani of Marisburg. He, he, he did everything that I asked of him to do, to support the structure, you know. And, and again, the first training session, my motto was also to say to the guys, somebody needs to win the trophies. It's got to be us. Uh, I said, to, to do better than last year, we must either win the league or win both knockout trophies. And as other world did, we got again into both cup finals and we won both. You know, which was a great achievement. And we again finished second on the log with, a, I think it was a point or two to Santos. Um, so, I mean, that kind of success suddenly, you know, I mean, it was, I believe that I could coach, I, I coach people's minds rather than, and you can you can have more uh, 
technical knowledge than me, more drills than me, but uh, I can all, always beat you with the psychology of the game, you know, mm-hmm. and I make, um, my strength is making you feel that you are better. You, you are know, a good motivator. Yes, that's my, that's yeah. my strength. I, I know coaching drills. I mean, the internet's full of coaching drills. Yes. But I mean, not everybody can bring it across. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it, and it's always about taking what ability the player has and buffing it up all the way. Glow, make it glow. Mm-hmm. You know, make, make a player believe that you, you, your confidence is fully behind him. And the crowds at Northdale Stadium, they, they were passionate uh, very, fans there. Very, very passionate. And I tell you, there, there was one gentleman, I will never forget, every time we scored, he jumped the, the wire fence uh. and he had a bottle of brandy in his hand. <laughs> And he throws it over his face. He never drank it. I was just like, what is going on with it? But he was, he was so passionate with the, I mean, you know, I mean, imagine scoring six goals. He'll have about six bottles of brandy, you know. And he always called me Adams instead of Abrams. So I don't know what was a brandy. But the, the crowd, fantastic support we had back then. And I mean, we made them proud, you know. And that's why those two years old. It's a big highlight of my career. Um, you then made the move to uh, play for Bushbox in mm-hmm. the uh, NPSL. It was back yes. at the time. Uh, then back to Spurs again. Why the move uh, to NPSL? You, did you feel you needed a, another challenge? It was more uh, financial at the time. Mm-hmm. And like I, I don't want to go too much in detail, um, but it was more financial because um, the money dried up, obviously. you know. And I mean, then I, I had to look after my own rentals and all of that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I had to survive. But then I had uh, my late wife had given birth to another daughter, Yasmin, and a son, Nazir, and I'm thinking, you know, this is, we need Mullah to survive, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I took a conscious decision, and I first went to Jomo, Jomo's son is like my big brother, you know what I mean, we're very, very close, and um, went to Cosmos, and he gave me 10 cages like that, just so to say, come sign for me, and don't worry about the rest. So went up there, um, and then, um, my late wife didn't enjoy it so much. She said, no, I can't. this job is not for me. You know, so, you know, I took all of that into consideration. I said, okay, let's move back to, to Durban. And by um, Bushpucks, Lawrence Gubani always chased after me. So so he grabbed that opportunity. When I came back, I gave the 10K back to Jomo just like that. I said, no, sorry. I, you know, because three weeks later, we decided we're not going to stay. And then Bushpucks came in and matched the offers and everything. And then... I, you know, had a very good uh, season there. We we got to the JPS final yes. against Kaiser Chiefs at Alice Park Stadium. 73,000 people. When we came out, you could hear a pin drop, you know, and when Chiefs came out, my hair was, you know, the afro <laughs> back then. And it was, <laughs> my afro was like raised, you know. Um, I couldn't believe that, that there was virtually nobody that was going to support us in that game, you know. Mm. But... Um, well, we, we lost 2-1 on aggregate, you know, we lost the first game uh, 1-0 and drew the second one at Ellis Park, so we, but it was just, for the, the experience was great, you know, but then uh, it was time to move back home, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, um, you know, I needed to be back with my mom and that, you know, she was still alive then, and then we decided, okay, kids are uh, reaching school going age, well, well Rishka, the oldest one, and then we, we moved back to Cape Town and then back to Cape Town Spurs. Now, you mentioned earlier, and we know that Federation never had a lot of money, but uh, besides yourself, there were quite a lot of goalkeepers. Now, I'm thinking just off my head, the names that I can think of, you know mm-hmm. more. Uh, Mike Moodley, Manning Rangers, Buddy Governor, Leeds, Priya, A.K. Adams, Leeds. Mm-hmm. And later on in the 80s, they had uh, Adib Abrams, Batswood. Yep. Um, there were some pretty good goalkeepers in the Federation. There was nothing to choose between us, I mm. can tell you. Um, I will vouch for all those names too, and there was also Derek Naidu that yes. came in. He was still a youngster, 
I will vouch for all of them, you know, and and we inspired each other. I mean, I, I'm Facebook. I'm in a chat to buddy governor a lot, you know. Mm. I mean, we inspired each other to do better because because I knew his quality. And if I played against Buddy, I want to do better than than Buddy did mm. because if I do better than him, I'm winning that game, you know. And the mm. same with Mike Moodley, you know, A.K. Adam at, at Leeds also. Now. I'll tell you any time of the day I would pick if I have a team now I'll pick any one of them to be my first choice goalkeeper all fantastic yeah and yeah and Adip Abrams came he came after my sort of uh, when I left Cape Town you know and the, the first padded long shorts you know, that we played in you know I, I brought it out that was my fashion statement uh-huh. you know, after all the grass burns I gave it to Adib, you know, he came and visited us in Durban and said, hey, play with that, you know. Uh-huh. So, so we've always had a very close relationship, but wonderful top goalkeepers back in the day, not just the Gaia kind of goalkeepers of Manchester United now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bloopers, you know. Oh. I mean, now, I can, now, I promise you, the goalkeepers in my era, now we'll put these guys to shame anytime. Oh, fantastic. Now, you did mention some of your highlights with Maritzburg United, a few cup finals. What other highlights uh, can you tell us about uh, your playing career? Yeah, um, obviously when I came back, I, I, I went a lot into into the coaching structure. Um, obviously, my you know one of the one of the, the 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 sad moments was when my mother passed away, and then uh, my wife Nazima passed away, uh, and my brother Rashid passed away. You know, so there was a lot of um, um, sadness at, at the time. Um, I remarried then with Saraya. And um, another three kids came along, you know, <laughs> Dilshan, Abdul Dayan, and Shaquille, you know. So um, I, I love a big family, you know. I love. I, I can't be in an emptiness, you know. So because uh-huh. um, a lot of people thought, you know, ah, your, your wife passed, your kids were okay, you know what I mean? Why? I said no, cause I can't be in an empty home, you know what I mean? I need. I'm. I'm just a family uh, man, you know. So. Um, all of that spurred me on, you know what I mean, to prove it. It was like a new, a new beginning for me, you know. Um, and then, obviously, the, the the coaching career started to to blossom. Um, I became the coach of uh, Weinberg St. John's, who were playing in the promotion league, and I was player coach actually. And, and we won three promotional league championships in a row, you know. Um, at that time, I was also busy with sports goods, and I sponsored the team myself, you know, and all of that just to look smart. Mm-hmm. And then um, the uh, Safa under-20 team, uh, Western Province, I took them. And that's where we unearthed the talents of the Benny McCarthy's, Matthew Boots, Craig Bianchi, Bradley August, David Kahneman. All of them played in those teams over the three years. And again, we won three national championships, with, you know, as, as a coach there. So, so I, I always believe that I can coach successfully, you know. So th- those were great highlights. And then obviously at international level, the missing link was being part of the international setup. Mm. And obviously that's when Joe Masona took the 2002 World Cup team. Um, I was, I mean, I became a senior football journalist with, uh, I can't even say what standard I went out to school so far because I had to go and work when I was 13 years yes. old. I had to go and work already, you know what I mean? But but I was quite a clever boy, Kiel, from the light school, you know. Um, so where I got the command of English to become a senior journalist without uh, studying, for, uh, and I beat guys to the job who, who were graduates. Uh, um, but I think I'm, I was a good storyteller, and my, my, my football background helped me, you know, to, to captivate the audiences when I was writing so I was I was now this journalist, football journalist, traveling to Bafana games all over the world, and then 
I go onto the internet and I see the Bafana squad is announced for the World Cup and I see goalkeeper coach Farouk Abrams and I'm thinking ah, something is wrong here. And you didn't know about it? No, I didn't know about it, you know. <laughs> so it's only when afterwards in Jomo phoned me, he said, hey, you're in. I said, what do you mean you're in? He said, no, nah, you're my goalkeeper. You're going with me to the World Cup. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. It was like a major, major, major highlight for me, you know, because to mix it. On, and I mean, I've got, when I look at my medal, it says World Cup participant, you know, 2002 World Cup. You know, you should I mean? have brought that medal, man. Should have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that must yeah. be a fantastic feeling. It I is. mean, I'm thinking about mm. it now. You played obviously in the 80s. You know, yes. you guys never had a country to play no, for. You nothing. know, you nothing. there was no money, but you nothing. guys were professional. Yes. But at that stage, you know, post your career, mm-hmm. you get a chance to, if we could say. Uh, not play but coach on the on that level it on the it. highest level you know mm-hmm. imagine being a player yeah. and playing at that yeah, stage no it's, it's a big stage that's why when I didn't even know we were going to get paid for it to be honest I would have done it for free mm. you know Alec hears me now I would have done it for free to be to be at a World Cup as, as, as a goalkeeper coach of your country I would have done it for free but then we're sitting in in a conference and Irvin Koza and all these guys are saying okay here's your contract da, da, da. and I'm thinking <laughs> I'm looking at the figures I say yeah. what wow. <laughs> I'm going to make this kind of money yeah. to to be the goalkeeper coach I say Alhamdulillah you know what I mean so, so those are I mean we didn't ever we played mostly for free in our yes. career so I, I thought I deserved that moment you know and obviously we did. We, I, I thought we did well. The Spain game, people always will throw that back at us, you know. When Andre Arens uh, fluffed uh, the ball and it went straight to Raúl and he scored uh, the winning goal. Without that goal, we're going through to the next round. We're getting an extra forty k each, you know. <laughs> <And I'm> thinking, <laughs> you know, but that's just the way it is. Andre was was devastated because Hans Funk thought he was going to play, and, and and we decided on Andre, and it was big political turmoil in the camp, which will be all that is in my book, you know. Mm. And, um, um, but uh, for me, it was just you. You, you can't. Destiny is such, man. You know, uh, the Adidas had just brought out the new ball. You know, um, and it was very slippery. The keepers were all blundering. In the World Cup final, Oliver Kahn dropped one for for Ronaldo to score. Not the Portuguese Ronaldo, the Brazilian yes. Ronaldo to score. The original Ronaldo, as yes, say. the main. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so uh, that ball was was treacherous. And before the game, we kept hitting the balls at Andre on the ground. I said, hold, and he held every single ball, you know. And and at this very you know moment that he needed to hold onto one shot, he couldn't. And just shows you, you know, you can't you can't stop destiny. You know, if you're going to lose a football match, you will lose it, you know, no matter what, you know. So that was a big highlight for me, major, major highlight. And then the spin-offs from that, obviously, from traveling overseas, I met a lot of top guys. And then I was invited to be, uh, to set up the German goalkeeper schools with uh, uh, Oliver Kupke, um, who was a German legend. I mean, World Cup winner, European yes. Cup winner, all that. And together we, we set up, they used our model, you know, because... In between, you know, all of this chat, I got to mention that I started a goalkeeper academy, you know, called Faga, you know, for Rook We're going to get to that just now, but... So, yeah, so so they came to do a, 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 a sort of a study of, you know, how we're doing it. Mm. And we remodeled their schools on, on, on a similar basis. And I was, I was very prominent in starting across Germany, you know, the full um, goalkeeper schools. So that was 2002, 2006. I'm back in Germany with with three uh, academy kids. Uh, I sponsored the Hyundai vehicle. We went to all 
12 house cities to watch a game and eat out city. Uh, treated like royalty, you know. I can imagine. It yeah, must have been a brilliant experience. I tell you, it, uh, uh, money can't buy that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And and it was so, for these kids especially, um, and and the beauty of it, sometimes we arrived a little bit late at, at the stadium because we were on the road. And then I'm thinking South African style now, I'm thinking our three seats are gone. I promise you, the, <laughs> the five seats <laughs> with our two management guys, waiting for us to sit in there. Nobody takes your seat, nothing, you know what I mean? It was such a beautiful thing. And the atmosphere, you know, I mean, watching African teams in in, in another country playing against European opposition, fantastic, you know. And then once again, there was a spin-off. I became the, the, the goalkeeper coach for the World Eleven, which for me, I mean, like I said, these things were, were not published in this country. You know, oh, absolutely. I'm when <laughs> I saw that on your CV, I said, wow, yeah. we didn't know that. No, it doesn't get published because uh, where am I in this country? You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, and I've, I've, I've had more honors. People have honored me more overseas than here. Yeah. I mean, I can show you clippings of of newspapers in Germany, Belgium, you know, um, uh, English, uh, wherever. You know, uh, people who have honored me for being what they would call a South African legend or icon, whatever, you know what I mean? And at that at that point in time, to be able to to mix with, with some of the world's top stars, you know, I mean, Robin Van Persie was sitting right next to me, for example, you know what I mean? Mm. Gattuso of, 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 of Italy, you know, these guys, um, there were so many, I mean, um, uh, what's the, uh, Raul was supposed to, he couldn't make it, you know what I mean? Uh, these... Uh, uh, Kaka from Brazil was, you know, the top guys like that were all in, but not they didn't all play, you know. Mm. Um, but I mean, just to mix, just to be with, part of yeah, that, yeah, well, that was fantastic to be in the same change room. I'm thinking, wow, you know, um, and I had to, I had to, Dida from Brazil was a goalkeeper, and Silves, um, the Senegal goalkeeper, you know, was was other uh, guy, and I had to, to work with him, and it was fantastic, you know. Now, we'll, we're just going to pause on that. Now, we'll mm-hmm. continue with that. It's very interesting, but we're mm-hmm. going to take an ad break, and when you come back, we'll be chatting to uh, Farouk Abrams. This is Inside Sports. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. Uh, if you just join us, uh, we're chatting to the former Cape Town Spurs and Marisburg United goalkeeper Farouk Abrams. Now the conversation is quite interesting. Uh, he was chatting to us about the 2006 World Cup and then the opportunity to coach the World Eleven, uh, the goalkeeper coach at the World Eleven. was sharing some of those experiences and I just want to ask you what it what was it like coaching these uh, World Cup goalkeepers you mentioned Dida and the Senegalese goalkeeper what was that experience like with these guys for for me it was the way they received me you know um they and again the fact that there was part of a World Cup in 2002 put elevated me to their level if you can call it that so if they had any snobbish, arrogant, um, you know, suggestive ways about them, then I would have probably been so nervous. But mm. I, I was put at ease the way they received me, you know. And and obviously, as a goalkeeper coach, you 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 like to do a warm up, for example, before a match um, of what the actual goalkeeper likes. You know, that's my motto. And I, and I hope that goalkeeper coaches out there listening to this to this is that on match day the goalkeeper is your boss. You know, during the training sessions, you you is boss. You know, you decide how many times you're gonna do things. But on match day, respect what the goalkeeper wants. He knows what what his body needs to be ready, 
and I, and and when I had to talk to them about it, obviously in broken English, you know, because they couldn't, <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, understand so much. But I said to him, "You show me what you want to do be, to be ready for the game, and then we'll do all of that stuff." You know what I mean? So, so I, th- I thought they, I gained a lot of respect when when I told them that instead of pushing them, and I mean, I, I could have annoyed them <laughs> that matter. So it was it was shrewd on my behalf that I did that. But but again, uh, uh, Michael Schumacher. The great the racing legend mm. was part of the invitation team that played against the World Eleven, and he, I never knew he was such a fantastic. He was a, quite a good footballer. He scored the best goal of that game that day, and he got the high, the biggest standing ovation. And I took a pic with him, and uh. he was so down to earth. And I thought, let me take because my daughter Rishka was like a fanatic, you know, of uh. Michael. And then I said, okay. Let me take a picture. I said to him, this is my daughter. She's crazy about you. He said, oh, okay, let's take a picture, you know. <laughs> and, and, and again, to, to, to mix with these guys, you know, it, it was just fantastic. And, and the, the occasion was uh, Madiba's um, birthday. It was on the 18th of July. It was, that was the occasion. And then I spoke to uh, Clarence Sedov, who was also part of the, uh, of the match. And he said, I'm busy with a project uh, in Mannenberg, um, and my heart just sank, you know. And I'm thinking, I'm here in this this moment, and I'm from Mannenberg, you know what I mean, my, my youth. And I didn't even know that the great Clarence Hero is busy with a project in Mannenberg, you know. And, and, and I, felt, I felt sad in a way. It's almost like you were thinking, why are you not knowing about this, you know what I mean? Yes. So I said, oh, that's great, I come from there. So we had a chat, but, but it really hit me that that the, our own people don't make use of us. You know what I mean? You know, um, for me to put back in other other townships or whatever, why can't they put back in Mannenberg? Talk to me, talk to us, let us as a so-called ex-footballers and legends, let's come and help you with the use if you have problems, you know. And, and, and you guys are freely available Yes, yes, and, and it's never it's never ever been about money. I mean, I, I can tell you, like, like my academy that I've got, I mean, nobody pays a cent for any of the services that we offer. If you have a parent that, that's got something and they want to donate, whatever, uh, or if we, if we have a project that needs to be fixed or something, maintenance, and then we'll maybe ask for donations in it. But no matter how rich you are, you don't pay a cent to bring your kid to our academy. And it's based on on the life skills protocols as well. It's not just kicking a few balls around. We've got a fantastic, fantastic program that, that can take your kid from from a poor learner to a good learner if you if you if you just honest with us and open up about your issues. Um we can't save the world <laughs> but we will save a few kids. I mean I've got kids that is, they are in a fantastic life situation at the moment due to the processes that came through uh, you know at the academy so so that is the other issue is the funding of these projects you know we rely a lot on on the corporate world um we don't get much support from the football authorities and that um so it's mostly about corporate funding and it and and as it stands now there's nothing because of the pandemic obviously um Nobody's interested to sponsor sport at the moment, so. Yeah. But it's been for a while. Metropolitan used to be our main funder for many years, and then obviously, you know, that fell through. And because we could do every single project that we dreamt of, we could do it. You know, leadership programs and all of that. And uh, I mean, the goalkeeping department was almost like secondary after a while. We were more interested in getting the kids through that that struggle on the streets, you know, helping the kids. Yes, yes. And we had we had one one uh, boy who wanted to commit suicide, you know, for example, mm. because he just couldn't face the struggles at home anymore. And it, it turned out that all he needed was 
food. He just needed to mm. eat regular, you know, and because uh, he, he just got tired of going to bed hungry, you know. I mean, and that's the type of things we sort out, and you know. And if you have a problem child, in your opinion, as a parent, we would we would find a way to get the mix right, you know. And it can hit anybody. I mean, it can hit my family too. It's not like. Uh, we are professing that, that, that it's only other people's kids and only the township. No, no, we 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 had a, uh, a boy from a rich, so-called white area, if you want to call it that, who was a problem child, you know. We managed to sort him out as well. So when did your goalkeeping academy start and where are you based? It started in, in, in 2000 and, no, 1998, I'm sorry, 1998 when, when Bafana played in the World Cup for the first time. You know, obviously there was a lot of energy. You know yes. when there's a World Cup, Football is just—it's just all over, you and know. The I mean, qualifying, of yes, course, for the first, for the first time, time yeah. yeah, you know. And there was a big energy, and 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 people just wanted to do something. So a couple of friends and you know parents they approached me to say, you know, you know, can us come throw a few balls around with a light tees and it will give you something, you know. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> let me do it. So there were like eight kids, you know, at Weinberg Sports Club. Um, it, you know, I thought, okay, let me try this. And then a couple of weeks later, I spoke to Booby Solomon and I said to him, listen, um, you, you was the director of the football uh, development in itself at Cape Town. And I said, look, I want to, let me start this at the school. I think there's enough interest now. And there's nobody really doing it, you know. So he gave me obviously the letter to say authorize and and they're backing it and it, you know. So that's when it started. And then it it grew so fast that I had to do traveling, you know, like mobile sessions, you know. But uh, then I cut out the the 20 rand that people want to give me and all that because it wasn't really necessary, you know. So I said, okay, free of charge for everybody. So we went Kailicha, Guguletu, Langa, uh, I think I t- twice in Mandenburg, Heidefeld, um, Beatles Plain, you know. We, we just took it all over so to make it easier for people to attend. Then we got the base at Feichers Kral Stadium for, for three years. And then I said, no more mobile. It's on, on the taxi route and bus route. Everybody can come there. So we produce a lot of good goalkeepers here. So that's off Thornton Road, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, just off Thornton Road, yeah, and off Club Fontaine Road as well. So, uh, so when 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 that became successful, I, I then decided that we needed our own base, you know. So I approached the city and the Weinberg Sports Club, and then they there was this vacant piece of land just off of their main field, and then we we started developing it into sort of a, an academy structure. Which, Shipping containers converted and all of that, you know, and it was uh, for the first time we got some funds from from government, you know, um, <laughs> it's, uh, which helped a lot to just set the whole structure up, and that that's how the facility is. It's still there, it's a bit, it's it's I won't say it's falling apart, but it needs a bit of maintenance now. Um, but it's our own base, you know. We we can do what we want to there, and and we have all our our life skills uh, sessions there, and, and our training sessions are there. It's not massive, but it it serves the purpose, and it's proudly ours, you know. I mean, so uh, with the partnership with the city and the Weinberg Sports Club, so that's where we are still based, you know. And and I won't even go into details of how many goalkeepers we produce, but it's plenty. I'm of, just about to ask you, so can we see another star <laughs> goalkeeper coming through those ranks? Yeah, I mean, Manip Joseph is probably our most famous. Oh, I mean, I've been coaching your academy? From, from, from 15 years old, I've coached wow. him through the Cape Town Spurs structure first, you yes. know, when I was there as, as a goalkeeper coach. And then, and then that's why he will always pop in um, when, he's, when he's in Cape Town. He'll pop in there and then I'll let him do a few sessions or he trains with us. 
a lot of the PSL goalkeepers, local PSL goalkeepers, when when they're in the off-season, they come and train with us. Fantastic. We're going to pause on that. When we come back, uh, we're going to wrap up our conversation with Farouk Abrams. This is Inside Sports. Welcome back to Inside Sport. My guest, Farouk Abrams, such an interesting conversation. Unfortunately, there's not much time, but it's been... Uh, such a great conversation that we're finding out so many things. 2002 World Cup, 2006 uh, coaching the uh, World Eleven, which we never knew about. But uh, and then we're talking about your academy, um, which you are up and running there. And Munib Josephs, one of the uh, popular names that have come through. Hopefully, we're going to see some more uh, future, maybe Bafana goalkeepers coming through from them. But let's just touch on uh, the book. You've you've written one book. Yeah. You've uh, in the process of doing your second one. Mm-hmm. Just tell us about those uh, books uh, very quickly. Yeah, the, the first one was with a very bad production. Although the story was superb, um, but it was done in 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 a rush. Um, I had a big sponsor for it and everything, but the the, the publishers miscalculated in the number of pages they're going to mm-hmm. need. You know, the size of the the book, if you can call it. And then two days before the launch, I get told that they've miscalculated, we have to condense, you know, and you know what happens when you <laughs> condense, everything becomes smaller, uh. the font became so small, you know, and all the pictures that was real relevant to chapters was squashed in, in the center page, you know, and, and I, I, you know, when I went to the stadium, my heart sunk, but I, I mean, everything was set up, because I've taken the book launch into Mannenberg, you know, where the Mannenberg High School uh, stands now, I, I said, I had big venues to go to. I said, no, I want to launch this book in Mannenberg because that's where the story heralds from, you know what I mean? So I was so disappointed, but I mean, I put on a brave face and said, let's go with it, you know. So all of that went well, but but I wasn't happy. As a professional, I thought to myself, no, man. And, and I never read the book until now that I'm rewriting. So there will be some familiar stuff in it, but it, it's, I've, I've emotionalized it now, you know, because they, they didn't capture the emotion, especially of the apartheid area, the stuff, and how we grew up, and you know how I, how we had to escape the the merchants of Dhaka mm-hmm. that wanted us to sell Dhaka for them, otherwise they'll donor us. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> you know, um, my mother, late mother, coming to take me off the football field by my ears because I didn't finish the dishes. You know, and and uh, you know uh, all that that's emotional stuff that you know that, that that happened for real. And so I'm putting all the essence in the book, you know, and adding on. There's a lot of stuff I had to drop five chapters as well, you know, because of the condensation. So that's stuff. a lot of information. That yes. So dropped. so all of that will be in in. in in the new new book now, inshallah, and obviously because of the the Corona thing is is curtailed so much. Yeah. I would have been done now. Just put a stop on. I so would have been launched now end of August. That was the date. You know what I mean? So obviously, it's, Allah's plan was different. So whenever it's going to be launched, it will be. I'll be here sitting in this. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. You know? Inshallah, we look forward to that, mm-hmm. and hopefully, we can launch it on Inside Sports inshallah. as well. Uh, before we can go, uh, you know, it, the conversation was so interesting that I forgot to ask you. Uh, you know, when we talk about the FPL Federation Professional League. We cannot uh, talk about that without mentioning Curry's Fountain. And I know almost all the finals that I can remember was played there. What was it like for you personally to play at Curry's Fountain? I I have a picture of us walking into Captain Spurs, walking into Curry's Fountain uh, with a pack stand behind us and... Um, I remember I've got my, my hand in my right pocket looking in like a big line there with a we had grey suits on that time you know and what final was that the 1980 the, not that one no not that one against Rangers. Rangers, uh, that one against Rangers that was a, a, a 
previous one. It was a previous. It was a top four final against Leeds United. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Caris Wanton, if there's a mecca of football in FPL, it was Caris Wanton. There, there's not a single player. I mean, Athlone Stadium, fantastic. I mean, because our home ground in it. But you want to play at Caris Wanton. You, you know, um, the crowd's fantastic. And obviously, there's a port for the Cape Town Spurs is like the, the Kaiser Chiefs of or the Federation. You know, yeah, look, got you guys dominated. The Cape teams yes, dominated. dominated yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. after you, which was Santos and, and then, then Batswood. And Glendine as well yeah. for a while. So. so at the end of the day, if you don't have good memories of Caris Fountain, then you can't call yourself a top FPL player because they, that's where memories were made, I tell mm-hmm. you, because all the cup finals were played there. And I mean, I played in plenty, Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. and was mostly on the winning side, which makes it a nice <laughs> thing. <laughs> I only lost the one cup final in all my finals at, at Caris Fountain. So, um, you know, I, I will always talk about Caris Fountain. With, with, I can blush, actually, that's how happy I am when I, when I recall the memories of Caris Fountain. Fantastic. Farouk Abrams, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you tonight. Uh, trust you enjoyed the show back home. You can catch me tomorrow on the drive time at half past five for all the latest sporting news. From me, Firo Sheikh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.